Praise God for the mighty power of our Lord. I hope that that mighty power is evident in your life, giving you victory from trials and challenges every week. We continue with our worship and now we come to the scripture reading in preparation for the word this morning. So I'd like everyone to please stand as we read Acts chapter 6. So turn your Bibles now to Acts chapter 6 from verses 1 to 7. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, and Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. May God bless reading from His Holy Word. Please take your seats. So good morning, Bradford Church. We continue with our series in the book of Acts. The movement begins. In the book of Acts, this is where the movement of the church begins. Now, just to review, in the past, we have seen that the church has been growing. We come now to part six. The movement is organized. The movement is organized. Here, we find that Luke is giving to us a history of how the early church began, how it increased rapidly under the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit. But Luke is also telling us not just about the growth of the church, but the threats, the problems that they have encountered. And it is important for us to know history because we don't want to repeat their mistakes, right? That's the point of history. History is telling us what happened in the past so that we can learn important lessons so that their mistakes will not be repeated. But on the other hand, history also tells us on how to manage life so that the good things that's happening in the past can continue to happen, particularly in the life of the church. So now we come to the movement is 
organized. The movement is organized. Why they need to be organized? Because the movement has grew rapidly. It's exponential. Chapter 1, there were just 120. Chapter 3, there are now 3,000. Chapter 4, there are now 5,000 men only. And in chapter 5, we are told that they are increasing daily. So according to some historians, as we reach chapter 6, probably they are now in the number by 20,000. Can you imagine? 20,000 members of this new faith right Christians they don't have a building they don't have a structure they don't have bylaws <laughs> how can you manage such a big crowd so that is why in this lesson we are going we are going to learn to organize now according to Dr. John MacArthur the church is an organism but it is an organism that requires organization we are an organism. We are a living organism. But since we are a group of people, we need to organize ourselves. Otherwise, there will be chaos. So the church requires structure. As the movement was increasing literally in an explosive fashion, problems were also escalating. So this is where we come to the beginning of the church need to be organize right so we are going to learn this morning five realities of the early church organization so this tells us how they come to organize themselves because there were no officers there were just the apostles and then all members if you remember back then in the old testament remember when moses was leading some three million jews out from egypt how could he handle all the problems? There was a part in, in Moses' life that from morning to evening, he was simply putting up out fire. He was simply managing the needs of people, trying to mediate, you know, quarrelings of neighbors. And so his father-in-law Jethro is saying, What you're doing is killing you. You have to organize. Right? And the same thing is happening now in the church. As the New Testament body of Christ is growing, it needs to or be organized or to be structured. So five realities of the early church organization. Let's begin with number one, the reasons for the organization. What were the reasons? Right? There are two. First one is found in verse one. Look at this. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Right? So the first reason why this, the church needs to be organized is because of the problems. There is a problem. Right? And the first problem is that of multiplication. The church now is multiplying. They are now increasing with more people, more needs, more problem. 
right? We find that in, in verse 1. It says there, now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, according to the New King James Version. Multiplying or increasing. With more people, more needs to be met. With more people, you will have problem. <laughs> more people, more problem. But it's a good problem though, right? That's why they have to organize. Another thing, not only multiplication, but murmuring. <laughs> With more people, more complaints. Murmuring. That's how the King James Version writes about verse 1. There arose a murmuring against the Hebrews by the Hellenist group. Now, you need to understand that now in the church, these are all Jews, all right? We are now talking about a Jerusalem church. They have not yet went to their Samaria and to Judea, okay? We are, the, the focus is still in Jerusalem. But remember, these Christians have different, you know, ethnic eth ethnicities, all right? Some of them were what? From, from Europe. Some of them were from Asia Minor. They're all Jews, but they're speaking different language, all right? So you have here the pure Hebrew Jews, those who are really from Jerusalem, and those Jews coming from other places, remember, they went to Jerusalem to attend the feast. Remember, the Pentecost. And now they remain there because of the movement. Now, what happened here is there arose a discrimination. It says there that the widows of the Hellenist group were being neglected. You know, according to them. It's like they're saying, you know, why is it that you're only feeding... The, the pure Jews, those Hebrews, why are you neglecting us? So now there's a problem. The problem is now reaching the ears of the apostles, right? And then third, ministration. There's a problem of murmuring, the complaints, and then ministration. What is that? The distribution. There's a problem about managing how to distribute. Now, the word distribution here is diakuna, diakonia, where you get the word deacon, diakonia. So, diakonia is basically, it means service. So, there's a problem with servicing, how they are servicing the needs of people. Alright? So many people are attending the church. So many people now are part of the body of Christ. And everyone's need must be met. But there's a problem with the servicing. There needs to be a structure on how to do this servicing well. So those three problems are the reasons why they have to organize. It's, they are multiplying, and they are murmuring, and there is a problem with what? Ministration. How they distribute the goods. So that's the first reason, the problem. The other reason for the structuring of the church is the priorities, the priorities of the church, all right? Let's notice verse 2. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples, right? And said, 
it is not right that we should give up preaching the word to serve tables. Now, this is very important, friends, because here we find that the apostles knew the priority of the church. What is the priority of the church? Is it the ministry of serving the poor or the preaching of God's word? Now, it's very clear from the apostles that they say, this is not right. This is not good. We have no more time of preparing the word. That's why when, when Peter preaches, before he preaches 30 minutes, now he preaches 3 seconds because he has to be quick because there are people murmuring there. See the point? It's not right that we should give up the preaching of the word of God to serve tables. Now, we are not saying here that it's not important to serve the needs of people. All right? But we find here the priority of the church. We have two needs to meet. Spiritual, physical. Now, it's very clear what is the priority of the church. It's spiritual. While we praise God in here in Bradford Church, we have so many ministries, you know, towards the poor. We have so many ministries towards the needs of people. But we have to make the main thing the main thing. We have to major on the major. And what is the major of the church? It is the teaching of His Word. Right? That's why the apostles are saying, we need to organize because this is not good. It is eating up all our time. Alright? The work of the disciples, the apostles, is supposed to be feeding the people with God's Word. But now, we are no longer effective in feeding God's Word because we have no more time preparing for God's Word. See? Because all of us are now helping doing these things. So, so the, the apostles are saying, this is not good. They recognize that the priority is the Word of God. Okay? Look at verse 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. It's very clear. The word there, devote, it literally means to persist in adherence to something. To be intently engaged. So, it's emphatic. The apostles are saying, our job is to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Not providing groceries to families. So we have to do something. Because our time is now spent in handling what? Mga abuloy and what do you call that in the Cebu? Ayuda. Oh. oh, everyone is looking for their ayuda. And the apostles are now busy with distribution of ayuda. And they're saying, this is not right. This is not the call of the church. That's why we have to organize. We have to structure. Right? So that's the first thing. The reason. Right? The problem. And then the priority. And what is the priority of the church? It is the ministry of the word. Okay? Ministering to the needs of people, to the sick, to the poor, it's secondary. The primary ministry of the church is the preaching of the Word of God. Amen? That is why it's important okay, for our pastors, while 
while we have different ministers, different functions, the most important function of the pastor is to preach and teach the Word. That's why it's important that we need volunteers. Can you imagine if all our pastors are doing all the visitation, all the distribution of goods, all the counseling, what do you expect? Okay, burnt out. See? And so you have pastors who come here in the pulpit and try to look for stories just to entertain the congregation. Why? Because the pastor started his preparation for the sermon Saturday evening. It's not good. Now, if you ask me, when do you start preparing your sermon, Pastor Maki? Monday, I start to reflect. Tuesday, that's where I go to the text. All right? I have to come up with the outline so that I can give it by Wednesday to, the, to others. See? So, in other words, for me, preparing for the sermon, it's the whole week. All right? That is why my normal week, you know, it's the normal week is that I have at least four hours a day preparing the sermon. All the others are done for what? Administration, meetings, visitation. Now, if there are other events that would come in, okay, that means that I have to what? I have to exert more effort. That's why I don't like holidays. <laughs> Some people, they love holidays. I don't like holidays. You know why? Because if there's one holiday in the week, that means one day is gone from my preparation time. And I have to double time. See? That's why that's what's going on in the church right now. See? In, in Acts, they have more people and they need to structure because the Word of God has been affected. They're saying it's not good. It's affecting the preaching of the Word. Now, let's go to the requirements of the organization. The requirements. Notice verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. So here we find that for the first time, the church is now trying to divide their leadership. All right? Before, it's just the apostles. They're doing everything. Now they're saying, this is not good. So we have to structure this. Okay? We apostles, we will devote ourselves to the preaching and teaching of the word, to prayer. Okay? These apostles basically are the elders of the church. We have to choose men who will do this duty of ministration. That's now where we come, the division of what? The leaders of the church. The elders and the deacons, all right? And that's how we organize ourselves in Bradford Church. There are only two sets of people here, the elders and then the deacons. The elders are supposed to take care of what? Prayer and the preaching of the Word. That's all, okay? That's what the Bible is saying. Do not, do not burden these elders with other ministers except making sure that they're studying the Word and they are praying for the congregation. Deacons, you should do the distribution and all the other temporal works of the church. Now, it's important to see the dynamics of the church here. Notice this. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you. We are not to pick out from outsiders. 
It's from among you. And notice, it says there also that you have to choose seven men. Now, this is not generic men as in men, but the Greek word here is andras. We're talking here of the, the male gender. Men, right? It's not a, a general term for men as in humanity, no. Choose seven men. So we find here that when the church was organized, it was the, you know, the decision that men should be leading the church. Alright? Men, are you listening? Okay? Are you listening? Because what's going on in churches today is that you have more women serving. It's not that women don't have a place in the church. Later on, as we study the book of Acts, that's when women started to be incorporated in the leadership. But at the, at the onset, at the beginning of the organization, God chose men to lead. Alright? God chose men to lead. So what are the requirements of these men that should act as deacons? Right? That should act as deacons. Number one, they have to be saved. Right? Church leaders must be, first of all, they must be saved. Alright? Notice this. Pick out from among you. He must be saved. He must be a disciple. Remember? They gathered the whole disciples. They were called disciples. You must be a believer. You cannot be a deacon if you're from an outsider. <laughs> a visitor cannot be a deacon. You have to be part of the body. You have to be saved. Second, you have to be sincere. Right? This is the second requirement. Are you sincere? Notice what the Bible says. Pick out from among you seven men of good repute. Now, this is interesting because the Greek word there for good repute is this, the word martorio. Martyr. <laughs> Not a martyr as in you have to die, but what's the meaning of martorio? It means you testify to the truth. That's why you must be sincere. In 1 Timothy 3.18, it says there, in the same way deacons are to be worthy of respect, notice this, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. Yeah. So what they're saying is that if you are going to run for a deacon, you have to have a good reputation of, a sin of sincerity. You have to be a man of integrity. You know Why? Because you will be in charge of what? Counting the money, distribution of the resources. We can't have a deacon like Judas. Remember Judas? He was taking some of the money for himself. That's what the Bible tells us. He was in charge of the money. So if you're going to be a deacon, you have to be of good repute. You have to be blameless. In other words, there will be problems, more problems in the church. Third, you have to be spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. Look at the next phrase. It says there, of good repute, full of the Spirit. They are to be men controlled and, and led by the Holy Spirit. What's the meaning of this? Full of the Holy Spirit. It means that your life is characterized by what? The fruit of the Spirit. 
people should see that you are joyful, you are loving, you are patient. You cannot be a deacon and then you easily get angry. You see? You cannot be a deacon and you are mean and you are rude. No, because a deacon must be gentle. You see? A deacon must have self-control. See? That's what's saying here. Now, a truly, truly spiritual man, what's important to you is not so much about, you know, your content, but it's about your character. This is talking about character. Being full of the Spirit means you have the character of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And then, last, you have to be sensible. It says here, full of wisdom. Okay? Sensible. Sensible. They are marked by wisdom, spiritual insight, practical wisdom, sound, good, righteous judgment. Remember? If you're a deacon, you will, be, you will be distributing food to so many people. You will, you will be making what? Decisions, right? You need to be sensible, right? Full of wisdom. Well, why do you have to have such high spiritual requirements? Because God demands what? Excellence in service. If He wants to serve people with excellence... He wants excellent men and women to be serving. Right? So that's how the church organized. They have to have these requirements. Sorry. Third, the reception of the organization. The reception of the organization. We come now to verse 5. Look at verse 5. And what they said, please the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Notice this. What they said, please the whole congregation. I want you to understand here that their decision is not just their decision. We find here that the, the, how the early church organized themselves while they are led by elders, the apostles. So that's why Presbyterian. But then, it's not just the decision of the elders. The whole congregation must receive their decision. Hence, it is also congregational. Okay? Now you understand that how we organize ourselves here in Bradford Church, we are hybrid, okay? We are Presbyterian and also congregational, okay? Presbyterian because the elders, you know, they, they take charge of the affairs, the spiritual affairs of the church. But then, when it comes to electing officers, it has to be the congregation, you see? So who will choose the seven? The whole congregation, see? That's why it is congregational. We find ourselves following the biblical organization of the church. We have elders, we have deacons, and then we have here the congregation, just like right now, right after the service, remember, we are going to decide because we are going to purchase a lot, and this is quite big. We're not talking here of purchasing a lot cost, which will cost us 10000 No, it will cost us millions. 
And this has to be a corporate decision. Okay? Just like in the whole church, the whole gathering of members must be involved in the choosing. Alright? Next. Notice also the names of these seven men. I want you to take note of their names. Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas. What do you notice here? Right? You notice here is that these are all Greek names. <laughs> we may not find it because we are not Jews, but these are not Jewish names. You don't find these names in the Old Testament, right? You know if it's a Jewish name. It should end with Ayah, like Jeremiah, alright? Or there's an L in the ending, but he, these are all Greek names. So, this is fascinating because all these seven men were of the Greek-speaking Jews. And here's an important principle that the church is teaching us. According to John MacArthur, the people who have the most at stake in the ministry are the people who should lead the ministry. You understand the principle? Kinsa matong nagmurmur? Kinsa matong nagneed? Who are those who, are, who thought they were left out? The Greek-speaking Jews. And so, who should better serve them? The Greeks. See? The murmurers. <laughs> Alright? So that's a principle in the church. In other words, if, if, if somebody, somebody here complains, Pastor Maki, I think we need to do something with the CR. Well, praise God. You brought the problem. You are the solution. <laughs> you do something. Okay? Now, you are officially part of the, the CR committee. <laughs> Okay, so be careful what you complain. Pastor Maki, there's something wrong with, okay? Be careful with there's something wrong. Because if, 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 you, if, you, if you get, you know, if, if, if you're complaining about it, it means that the Holy Spirit is telling you, I need to do something about this. That's the principle. See? Whoever is most at stake are those who are what? Best. You are best because you're the one who felt it. Diba? So that's the, that's the dynamics. They were the ones most affected. Therefore, the leaders chosen were from them. So it matches. Diba? It's example. It's, 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 very, it's very simple. If, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, what ministry you should be in in the church? See? You should be in the medical team. You should be in the our, our medical missions team. See? Wherever is your heart, that's where you best fit to serve. See? That's the principle. The people who are doing are the most affected in the ministry. Alright? Therefore, it's also a principle in the church. Okay? If, if you don't belong to that ministry, don't dare criticize because don't, you don't know what's going on. See? If you don't belong to that ministry, dare not criticize. The best people to criticize it are those people who are there involved because they know the problem. They know the issue. Right? 
And that's what's happening here. Now, from the reception, we go to the recognition of the organization. The recognition. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. They are now recognizing these they set before the apostles. So the whole congregation chose seven. Take note. The whole congregation, some 20,000 of them, seven were chosen. And then they presented to the apostles. Take note. They prayed and laid their hands on them. Isn't this what we're doing here in our church? After we have chosen, we, we let them stand here. We pray for them. We lay our hands on them. We recognize. You see, this is very important, brethren, because this is now the, the traditional way of recognizing, affirming that these people accepted, accepted their call, accepted their duty. And by laying our hands on them, we are simply telling that we are with you. Dilit na naglihans kay imong giduot imo na nang problema. Okay, that's what some people thought. All right, when we lay hands, it's like, hmm, that's your problem now, not ours. No, that's not the meaning of the laying of hands. The laying of hands, you know, it speaks of what our solidarity, our unity, that we are with you and we are giving our blessings to you. That's the idea of the laying of hands. That we are praying that the Holy Spirit will empower you so that you can lead and serve the whole church. We need to recognize these leaders. They are recognized by the church. They are being prayed. And now we come to the fifth and last reality. Verse 7. The result. The result of the organization. What was the result? When they started to organize themselves, what was the result? Look at verse 7. This is amazing. And the word of God continued to increase. See that? The word of God continued to increase. Why do you think the word of God continued to increase? Because now the apostles, they have more time to preach more time to prepare more time to pray why because they are being relieved from what going to house to house going to the distribution see because the works of the church are now divided those in charge of teaching and preaching can devote more time and they are now effective okay they are now effective Effective in their, what they're doing. Why? Because if you're in the ministry of preaching, then pastor, focus on preaching. We will, not, we will not disturb you. Because you are in charge of feeding the congregation by Sunday. But for the others, if your ministry is in evangelism, do the part of evangelism. If your ministry is in, in the pastoral care and membership care, then do your part. See? And you know the result? The church even increased, see? Continued to increase. And the other one, the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem to the point that it says there, a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. You know what it's saying? Even the religious leaders who were so against the movement, the religious leaders, the priests, who were persecuting the disciples. Now, many of them are obedient 
to the faith. Isn't it amazing? The reason why? Because the church organized. So friends, there is wisdom. There is really a, a spirit-led, you know, reality when the church organized. Okay? It's best that we have to organize. That's why when, when we have our teams, we have our committees, we teach them. You have to organize. Like yesterday, you know, the worship and music ministry, you know, we met. And we have our own organizational structure. Why? So that we will have a smooth and orderly service for everyone. Okay? The church of our Lord Jesus Christ is an organism, but we have to organize ourselves. You know why? Because it will bring more harvest. It will bring more fruit. Alright? Now, for application, as we close, I want us to leave, leave you. I want you to have these three important applications. Okay? The church organized. The church grew. It became powerful, moved by the Holy Spirit. But question is, Pastor, yes, knowing this, that the church grew and they were organized, praise God for that, but what is that to me? What am I going to do now? How can I apply chapter 6 to my personal life? Well, let me leave you with three applications. Number one, promote the unity of the church. Write this down. Promote the unity of the church. Remember, the reason they have to organize because the growing number of disciples created what? Factions, dissensions. God hates this unity. Okay? We cannot allow ourselves to be a source of this unity. That's why you have to promote unity. If you're a member of this church, make sure that you are part of the solution to the unity, not the cause. Alright? So, if there are any complaints, any murmuring, please don't spread it out. <laughs> Go to the right leaders. Talk to them. Alright? Do not cause division in the church. Second, it teaches us to prioritize the word and prayer. See? It's very clear. It's very clear that every Christian, what is our priority? Our spiritual life. So, brethren, prioritize the word. Don't neglect the word. Don't be too busy about so many things. You are so busy with work. You are so busy with business. Or you are so busy with ministry. I'm also talking to myself. I'm so busy with ministry that I don't have time for the word and prayer. That is very clear. It's the priority of every Christian. And the number three, participate in the ministry closest to your heart. Amen? If, 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 if what is close to your heart is in the area of, of, of construction, you know, you're an engineer, then join the BUU. You know? If, if your area in the ministry is just to smile, Pastor, I don't have the talent of singing, but I just love to smile, then join our smiling ushering team. See? That's your ministry, just to welcome people. Pastor, my ministry is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very personal. I'm very silent. I don't want people. I don't want to talk to people. I just want to be with myself. Then be part of our prayer ministry. <laughs> you don't have to. We don't meet often. We just meet online. 
and on the air through our prayers. Be part of the prayer wrestlers of the church. The point is this. You are part of the church. You need to participate. Okay? You are not part of Bradford Church just for an attendance purpose. Not just to warm the seats. But God has given you the Holy Spirit so that you can participate for the growth of the body of Christ. Amen? Promote the unity. Prioritize the word and prayer. Participate in the ministry closest to your heart. And you know, as a result, God would increase our ministry and God would spread us more. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you so much that the church organized, the movement organized, because it is the best thing to do, Lord, for your glory and for the growth of the church. And it is our prayer that here in Bradford Church, the Holy Spirit will continue to empower each one of us so that we will truly become a dynamic, growing church of transformed believers, passionate for God. May Jesus Christ be at the center of this church. Amen and Amen.